Welcome to Why the Long Face, two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. Welcome to uh, Why the Long Face, and this sadly is the last episode of season two, but the good news is... There'll be a season three! Yeah, Paul has got hundreds of ideas buzzing in his little brain, uh, Mm. and he he spurts them out, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And also, we're having people um, contact us who are willing to come on and talk to us. Yeah, well, we're going to have some expert guests. However, today we are talking about exercise for mental health, but mostly about how it can elevate your mood as as can uh, one only one Stella Artois which is what I've gone back to my old <laughs> yeah. faithful mm. oh by the way we should remind that our, that our listeners that this will be coming out on uh, the, the 20th and if you're listening to this on the 20th on the day it's come out uh, it's Blue Monday yeah statistically the most miserable day of the year yeah do you think that's bollocks um, probably yeah it probably some right. PR thing right yeah For, yeah. For, I don't know, for antidepressants. Maybe, yeah, that's what's sponsored <laughs> or no, by Jim, Jim, Probably a gym company. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a nice connection into the podcast, my friend. Yes, because we are obviously going to ah, talk about what uh, is the link between exercise and mental health. And what to do if you're a fatty like me who hates exercising because he's lazy. Yeah, but it's really a mental health focus, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I used to get some... Actually, you you used to do it as well. I've just remembered. We used to get trained by the military in London, didn't we, before we moved to Kent, by guys called British Military Fitness. Do you remember those geezers? Yeah, yeah. And I have to report that they beasted you, military term, uh, and made you uh, uh, do much many more press-ups and burpees and star jumps than you thought you wanted to. And you did rugby scrums and boxing and shit like that. And I have to say, at the end of it, I did, fi- I did get a rush of something. I mm. know not what. Yeah. During it, you didn't enjoy it at all. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> and you I, were crying for your mother. I cried for my mother. I remember I, I reached out and tried to hold your hand once to say... <laughs> Please, Paul, save me, save me. But you were a lot fitter than me. You had a different coloured bib. It was humiliating. The fatty. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. I loved that part of it. But I suffered just as much as you did. The huffers and the puffers and the under 14s you know, had one colour bib. And then you start superstars had another colour. Well, they, they, you, I, I cottoned on in the end that, you know, they got you to run around that tree and back again. Oh, the first half of the people that got back, they were going the hardcore uh, oh, red right. group. So then I would just... <laughs> I've sussed that out. Uh, I realised I should just take my time going around that tree. Ah, it's brilliant. Genius. Straightforward. You're gaming the system. I game the system. You're a good lad. So then I was top of the uh, lower reds. But you, you were in the blues. To, you just have to say that. You just have to say that. I tried the greens once. So that was the, I got greens into the greens superstars. for one week. Yeah. One week and one week only. Yeah, I got <laughs> into the reds it. for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I had a curry. Then they called an ambulance. They blue lighted you. Air ambulance. Had to be quick. Right, sure. You turned a horrible colour purple, and then you went to through to blue to pale, <laughs> to all the colours of the bibs, basically to <laughs> my natural colour of grey. Oh, good. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, we, I think we did prove that within reason. Uh, in my case, it, it lightened my mood. It was a lovely feeling lying in the grass. And the military people are great. They're great trainers because they shout at you, and I, I love that. Mm. Um, I have a pathetic poncy office job, and uh, I'm telling people what to do sometimes, and then being told what to do but just being shouted at it was it was refreshing it was good yeah so we could have a really geeky discussion about how difficult it is to prove that exercise uh, is good for your mental health but actually i think that might be quite dull 
Okay, you mean it, it just is, is evident that it does? Is that what you're saying? I think there's now enough evidence, yeah, when you correct for what they call publication bias. Don't know what that means? Uh, okay, so sometimes people just won't bother to publish stuff that shows negative findings because it's not newsworthy, right? Uh-huh. So that means the some knowledge that's out there and published is not a true reflection of all the data because people don't always publish. Can I just say how brilliantly explained that was? Oh, right. Yeah, really good. Oh, very, nice. very crystal nice. clear for me. Yeah. But, uh, it's obvious think, as well, they think, Yeah, right, because medical journals, I mean, people don't realise this. They, they want something that's newsworthy. Eye-catching. Right, so oh. if you're a high-profile professor and you want to be in a high-profile journal and you can't get in because it's a negative result, uh, it might mean that you don't bother publishing, especially got if you've got other results yeah. coming online that are positive, that are more exciting findings. Just you're going to prioritise your time there. Ah. But with exercise, there was a meta-analysis in 2016 that accounted for publication bias and showed that the effect of exercise was actually quite dramatic on depression, mainly. We all know that a, a, a bad news story is going to sell more papers than a good news story, right. but I didn't realise that it extended into yeah. medical journals. Like yeah. You then also got the problem that a lot of the studies are quite small numbers, so that's why you, uh, the meta-analysis is important. We've talked about meta-analysis before, right? We have where you're clumping together all the results from lots of small studies to mm. make one big study using clever statistics to try and uh, iron out the differences between the studies. Yeah. And you make sure the studies are not too uh, different in their approach and in, t- in terms of the participants. Which I guess is, is, is probably what they might call normalising, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of guessing. That's Just giving you more power to... to to determine whether there's an effect or not. All right, so let me get to my question. So intuitively, uh, from your mother to your PE teacher to your wife, Mm. uh, in my case, uh, who's very, very fit uh, and looks at me with disgust, quite rightly, poor girl. Mm. She made a terrible decision all those years ago. Mm. Um, Intuitively, exercise is good for you. People talk about going for a walk to clear your mind. Yeah. Uh, We have expressions like that in our language. Uh is it just simply you feel better because you're moving your body and we're animals and we, we like moving our body? Or is there something neurological going on in our brains when we exercise that, I don't know, I know what an endorphin is, I think, yeah. but there, there seems to be some drugs that are released for exercise for some reason which could lighten the mood. So is there something actually physiologically slash neurologically going on when we exercise which explains the elevation of mood? Definitely, but we need to distinguish between what people call the runner's high, which is that high you get immediately after exercise i got it once and and the therapeutic effect of exercise repeated exercise over time for example in these trials where you're looking at the effect of exercise on depression where the effect is more long-lasting yeah and you would hope the the lifestyle change is more long-lasting as well got it but that runner's high might be a little window into how repeated exercise is working as well because we know that there are increases in all sorts of neurochemicals which are associated with positive mental states and healthier brains. Because I mean, we 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 often think of our brains as being pretty uh, static. Mm. Uh, you've got a fixed number of brain cells, and that's it. We now know that's not true. The brain is way more plastic than we ever thought, and and it is plastic throughout the lifespan. It does get less plastic as we get older, but it's still plastic. And we're still um, making new connections. And what happens during exercise, they reckon, is that we increase the number of neurotrophins in the brain. Neurotrophins, group of chemicals that help to protect brain cells, support brain cells, and even increase uh, the growth of new brain cells 
and also the projections from brain cells. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Why would that happen in a in a Darwinistic evolutionary sense? Why? Why would that happen? Um, I don't know. Uh, is the short answer. All I can say is that exercise has probably been a very important part of our evolutionary history. Yeah. I mean, literally, survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should look at it the other way around. In that, um, the ancestral man or and woman. Uh, exercised very regularly as by necessity every day and if you look at people who are living a more i suppose hunter-gatherer lifestyle in today they are slimmer leaner exercising more aren't they mm. essentially because they're living a more agrarian lifestyle and, and therefore exercise is more necessary yeah um so you could look at it the other way the reason we're more more depressed and more anxious now as a species is because we're exercising less it's looking at the other way around. So we're more sedentary. Therefore, that's why when we do exercise more regularly, we start to feel better. That is an amazing uh, theory. In fact, that's really good. It, it goes against a little bit your, your your book, which we haven't mentioned for ages, which I do, I do love. I do really like reading it. And I got a credit in the front cover, which was nice. How Sadness Survived, which, which talks about the evolution of depression and the fact that it probably existed before. Yeah. That sort of goes against that theory theory in a sense well no because i uh, it, just because depression is at epidemic levels now doesn't mean that that negates the idea that we've all the depression's been there right i think what um, you're saying is that depression has a has a has a place in other words it resets the brain because it for this is part of your theory which i'm i'm summarizing badly but it kind of forces you to rest and well, reset the brain yeah. and yet now we have an epidemic of it that could be explained by our unnatural sedentariness because we need to move our bodies and exercise to release those chemicals well, partly, which protects us partly yeah uh, partly. I'll be it could be I'll one of the factors it could be one of the factors yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so, so the arguments for depression perhaps having an, an evolutionary benefit in the past was was probably acknowledging the fact that depression might have been a different animal then it might have been briefer and we weren't stuck in chronic depression it, it knocked on your door you took time out and then there was a quicker recovery yeah is the theory yeah. Whereas now in modern day, we tend to get stuck in uh, uh, conditions that, uh, call it a sedentary job if you like, but the chronic yeah, stress of, of having to pay your mortgage, the chronic stress of, I don't know, overcrowding, uh, migration stress, all that yeah. sort of thing. All these modern phenomena that, or unemployment that we've created through organised societies as opposed to freer, hunter-gatherer or nomadic societies. The very first episode we did called Coming Out, episode one, season one, we talked about this. Mm. And we talked about how well... Um, primitive societies might have um, mm. adapted to a person suffering from depression mm. and mm. allowed them to recover and mm. they would do quicker because the stressors mm. were taken away. Whereas in modern life... You know what I'm just thinking happens. of as well? I'm thinking about um, uh, Bruce Chatwin's um, Songlines book, which it always affected me because I went to Australia to the Red Centre reading that book, which was all about the, um, the nomadic lifestyle of the Australian Aborigines. And he had this theory that the frequency at which you rocked a baby to make them settle and stop crying was the ex exact same frequency that the baby would rock out if you were walking with the baby. And that was his somehow his justification for how mm. um, movement and uh, was, was important for mental health. Or actually, it was more of an endorsement of being nomadic. Because <laughs> he, was, he, he, yeah. was, he was addicted to travel. But anyway, going back to exercise then. Yes. Um, so when we exercise... We, we produce these neurotrophins, but we also, we have an increase in a number of neurotransmitters 
that are depleted when we're low in mood or anxious, like glutamate, GABA, uh, noradrenaline, serotonin. We've talked about serotonin, the monoamines before, right? He's not reading these, by levels, the way. Levels. Kind of levels, levels of these increase right. uh, with exercise. So you can imagine that cumulatively over time that might be a good thing. Um, but mm. it also might explain part of the runner's high. That's also been linked to um, a boost in the uh, levels of amandamide, which is one of our endocannabinoids. Not reading this. He's actually coming out with it. That's a great one. <laughs> Phenylethamine as well, which which boosts monoamine transmission. Phenylethamine increases during exercise. It reduces levels of inflammatory cytokines. These are chemicals that cause inflammation and reduces the levels of the stress hormone, cortisol. If we've had a, a really stressful day at work, quite often we'll be having loads of circulating cortisol at the end of the day. Mm. Going for a run for 30, 45 minutes, uh, you'll see those cortisol levels come down right. almost instantly. So physiology is important, but it's not the only story. Exercise could be working positively through other means as well. So Chaz, tell me, please. I think you were going to ask me before, is exercise working just because it's distracting you from, yeah. uh, you know, negative thoughts? Yeah, that was one of my one of my things because you're you, that's right. You're doing something, and your body's your, your your body's active, and it makes your mind active, and it, it, it active in a different way from rumination. Right. So it's all very well having these studies that show that uh, depression rating scale scores go down when you exercise and so on, but also it's important to ask people why do you think you feel a bit better. Mm. And one of the reasons they give is, oh, I find it a, a useful distraction from mm. my worries and my thoughts right. and my negative thinking. I'm going to go for a walk to clear my head. We, there it is. Yeah. And I guess it depends what you're looking at when you're walking along. It's going to be some form of distraction. Yeah. But team, I was thinking team play. You know, when you're actually having to cooperate with others and mm. um, so it would, would probably be a, be a better distraction. Or, or I, I'm just off to do a triathlon to clear my head. Yeah. Um, um yeah that's that's so you all uh, yeah it is I, well i yeah i could probably swim a width with a float <laughs> right is there a is there a, a good type of exercise to do or uh is there a maximum amount you, right. you should do a minimum amount or right. if okay. it just gets the blood pumping is it good the results are a little bit contradictory what most studies where they've actually done an intervention have shown is it doesn't really matter that much whether you weight lift or go running, mm -hmm. whether you do yoga or you do hit high intensity, they all seem to help. Mm. And the jury's out about uh, whether one is better than the other. Mm. Uh, and it probably all comes down to what is the exercise that suits you most? What mm. do you enjoy doing the most? Mm. If it's cycling, do cycling. Mm. If it's team sports, do team sports. That's got the added benefit of the social interaction yeah, yeah. and social support. Yeah. Probably the answer is you can't make uh, one rule for everybody. I personally can imagine that a higher intensity workout would bring about a more physiological response, but you don't want to do something that you hate yeah. or that you perceive to be stressful because then it, <laughs> yeah, then it becomes absolutely. a negative. And yeah. in fact, some yeah, of the of studies course. have shown that it's perceived to be stressful to do a high intensity workout. And uh, there was one study that looked at the effect of MAP, which was meditation and physical exercise. So you did 30 minutes of uh, high focused meditation and then 30 minutes of uh, running. Mm. And um, they found that was highly effective. So, you know, um, I sometimes talk about an imaginary person listening to this who's on their sofa 
uh, they can't go to work. They've just dragged themselves out of bed and they're watching daytime TV. He's someone who's very depressed, right? Exactly right. Okay, yeah. And they've just found this podcast by by accident. They've got no motivation. Correct. What, uh, in right. terms of physical activity, if they're, if they're actually listening to us right now, what as a as a as a doctor and the fact that we're talking about exercise, what would you what would you say to them? Would you say do anything to get yourself off that sofa? Yeah, I'd say start small, and in fact, that's the advice you give to most people who are not used to doing it. So I start small, that's true, and have lower targets to start with, and then build up. Mm. The other bit of advice that is borne out in the trials as well is exercise with someone, have an exercise buddy. Nice. That's going to help your yeah. motivation. Mm. We've got a mutual friend, uh, Omar, you won't know him, but I went um, running with him. He was my running buddy. Mm. And he kept on talking incessantly. Okay, so, so cho- choose a running bunny who's not irritating. Uh, he was so annoying. And I was so <laughs> exhausted that after two hours, I, I, with all the only energy I had left, I went, Omar, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> uh, And then subsequently collapsed. <laughs> But it was very important for you to get that out with, <laughs> your, with your almost dying breath. So annoying. So annoying. Uh, but, but love you, man, if you're listening. Love you. Adore you. But, uh, the thing is, Omar's good at running. So he'd have loved that. And that's right. He'd have loved he giving was, you advice was, as well. He's giving me advice. He's, he's, he's telling good me stuff. And I was dying, dying Not to good enough things. to beat me in that triathlon. Uh, did you beat him? Yeah, I did. Oh, your uncle. You're but I, so got him in the, I got him in the cycling, though. That was that. Sorry, I got him. But you're so determined. That's that's your. He's that, a good runner. That's that's how you. That's how you. That's your winning quality. I just them. had a be- better tactics in the cycling. Yeah. Better cadence. A good cadence. Lower lower gear. Yeah. I remember Omar's high geared cycling, <laughs> and it was ridiculous. No, I remember the event very well. I was because I was 250 miles away in a pub. <laughs> I <laughs> learned about it later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, over a bag of port scratchings. So I want to talk about virtuous circles. Is it is it okay yeah. to talk about that now? If you, if you like to, because I was thinking about this in preparation, and it feels like. Um, there are you start um, again I'm thinking of the person on the sofa who can't go to work and watching TV yeah. and uh, I, I want to talk to them and give them some sort of um, optimistic messages about the fact that they definitely will get better one day right. and, and days will days will improve slowly yeah. but it'll happen right it feels like if you exercise hmm. um, it's been shown that it helps with your thinking and, and to give you positive thinking and distracts negative thinking yeah and that probably has a a lowering of your anxiety and that Mm -hmm. probably has a lowering of your depression and it feels to me like a a virtuous circle and you your depression gets lower so your motivation gets higher so you want to exercise a little bit more you want to socialize a bit more yeah and it seems like if you can just get that wheel moving yeah um you you can get yourself into a cycle which can get you off that so so if if necessary you start with the 10 minute walk and then you build that up to a a longer walk and then you may start to do a jog and so on Mm. um and try to choose something that you know you'll stick at. The one thing I, I often you're think more is likely to enjoy could be yoga as well. You can almost you can almost tell them you can't possibly feel worse mm. than you feel right now. Mm. You almost certainly will feel better. Mm. Please, please, just do it. But I don't want to. I'd rather just say I can't be able to do anything. This won't make you feel worse, and it will almost certainly make you feel better. Oh, go on then. <laughs> and there we are. And that was the first steps in the recovery of, uh, <laughs> of, of Bob, our imaginary uh, depressed friend. Okay, so yeah, it's about building up slowly, isn't it? But there is almost certainly a virtuous circle, yeah. Well, I was thinking of another virtuous circle, which is you exercise quite hard, you get tired physically, 
you sleep because you're physically tired. It's a better kind of quality of sleep, I'm imagining. Yeah. Uh, you get better rested. Yeah. So there's, there seems to be maybe more than one virtuous circle, but it all starts with getting your ass. Well, part of the runner's high you get after after exercise, um, this release of the endocannabinoids is thought to be sedative. So you will sleep. You should sleep better. Mm. Yeah. I, I, and I remember the feeling after the military guys had, had their way with me uh, on the common, on yeah. Clapham Common, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. was exhausted. So by, yeah. by the running as well. He went there. Unbelievable. I went there. He's the Louis C.K. You were going podcasting. there, though. I just finished off. You I were going there. Going oh, there. I finished it off. Oh God! <laughs> this is terrible. It Let's is. move on. We've been on. We've been on news TV tonight, and we're yeah. being silly about yeah. you finishing well, me we off. Finish on. You were silly on the news TV as well. Yes. Well, I was. You were very sensible. Uh, I thought. Well, to start with. <laughs> uh, um, um, oh, okay, here's one for you. Um, you're a psychiatrist, right? And the, the difference between psychiatrists and psychologists mm. are you. You guys prescribe drugs. Right. Uh, however, would you consider exercise as a as a as a uh, a weapon in your arsenal uh, for treating depression? Would you actually prescribe it? Right. So by itself, pretty much every patient I've seen, I've encouraged more exercise if that's been lacking. But I have thought it would be nice to have an exercise mentor, someone who tells Bob to get off the sofa, basically, mm-hmm. and I can prescribe because I think that is going to be. I think that would make a, cru- a crucial difference to how we manage depression going forwards. I mean, I try to take a holistic approach anyway, but I think exercise should be thought of as part of a treatment package mm. for actually for any mental disorder because there was a big cross-sectional study in the States that showed actually across the board for all mental disorders, exercise helped um, depressive symptoms. Right. Whatever your main diagnosis was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And improved quality of life. And wouldn't it be great if on the National Health Service you could prescribe someone to go around someone's house, get them out of bed, you know, a physio or an exercise physiologist or just a, a PT. My my beautiful and very fit wife has just bought a Peloton. And as you probably know about the Peloton, it's a stationary it's bike. It's a stationary bike. Thing. With a screen on the front and mm. you get motivation from someone miles away, a, a very annoying, generally, I find, uh, gym instructor. Ooh. Normally very, very sexy. On a Wi-Fi connection uh absolutely i mean you can download lessons or you can join right. lessons and so it can a, be live yeah and there's a guy or girl uh, live going let's push it let's i can imagine this. that being a lot more motivating and you're joining other dudes doing well the it thing that really dates. appeals to me yeah is there's a leaderboard right so imagine right. there's 100 people and maybe you can i don't know whether you can join a a, a, a demographic group that's similar to yours but you can certainly join a group that has a mm. similar ability than you mm. and you can pedal away change mm. the resistance and go up the leaderboard yeah and then live the guy can actually notice and go hey right. paul right you're doing really well on the bike you're going mm. up to uh, mm. you're now 107 mm. 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 and this uh in this class of 110 i, I mean is this peloton reinforced would can you buy one that is <laughs> I mean, is it strong? <laughs> it does specify is it, is six foot of concrete you've got to uh, <laughs> bolt it to. For a larger for, gentleman. For a gentleman such as yourself. <laughs> hungry and thirsty gentleman. Yeah. Uh, right, good. Um, I've got more. Go on. Or are you in the middle of something? Uh, well, that's fine. Not <laughs> I, I know that any exercise is better than none. Mm-hmm. But is there a sort of minimum amount which, which you would say uh, would give you a good chance of having mood elevation? Well, once a week would give you mood elevation, but wow. whether it would treat depression is questionable. Right. And I think most trials would suggest um, that you go a minimum three times a week. 
four to six. Right. And, and, and do you think depending it, on your level of fitness, I mean, it should be tailored to that, I guess, and you build up. I think what you said is that in some cases of depression, you could almost treat it just with exercise. I know it's dangerous to say that, and obviously we we don't. That's not something we're recommending. Possibly going to see your doctor, but and and that leads me on to my other question. So, jury's out on that. Uh, it, it, certainly, some studies have shown that there's no difference in uh, response to exercise compared to an antidepressant, which is interesting. Uh, for oh people who are God, similarly really? de- similarly depressed, the exercise w- uh, worked as well as the antidepressant, God, but amazing. it was a small study. So you, it, unfortunately, there might be what we call a type two error where they didn't have enough sample size or enough power to show a difference. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's certainly been shown that when you add exercise to an antidepressant, the response is better than antidepressant alone. Yeah, which is very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I was just looking uh, at my notes for a second there about the comparison between exercise and antidepressants, and I found a reference that suggested that the you know the neurological response we're talking about, the neurotrophins and all those chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Um, to exercise is actually stronger than in the response to antidepressant medications. So antidepressants wow. do make a difference. Wow. In neutro- they do increase be- uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor and things like that, but they, they, there's a bigger increase in response to exercise, That's which is interesting. absolutely incredible, because yeah. I think people forget antidepressants because they're so ubiquitous these days. It's something I always feel. They're quite powerful drugs, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. They're not, they're not just you know something not, that you take w- without thinking about it. Yes, mm. yeah. And yeah. to, to say that uh, uh, exercise and presumably a reasonable amount of it mm. can have a great effect is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So antidepressants typically take a, a, a an amount of time, which can be frustrating for the poor patient to um, work. Is yeah. it similar? I think so. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me yeah. knowing what I know from you. Yeah, ab- about the mechanisms taking a bit of time to kick in, like mm. the gears getting in. Yeah, I mean, you may find uh, that you get that runner's high would give you temporary relief, but yeah, the more the more sustained relief right. between sessions would be would take longer, I believe. Yes, yeah. And another question, it, uh, and uh, I'd be really interested in the answer because I, I wouldn't want to guess. Um, we talked about mild depression, persistent dementia, uh, uh, depression, um, treatment-resistant depression, and my personal favourite, dysthymia, which I can now pronounce, which is mm. that 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 rumbling on chronic malady that you're you can yeah. function, but you are you don't from you depression. don't you don't meet the criteria for a sort of depressive episode, but you uh, grumble along. But you're not a happy. Bit miserable. Yeah. yeah. Um, of those that I've mentioned, is, is do you think exercise is is particularly good with anyone? Or we're still learning all the time, but I, I would refer you probably back to that that cross sectional study that sh- seemed to suggest that um, across all psychiatric disorders there is a benefit from exercise. Mm. Yeah, it's going to reduce the amounts of time that you felt uh, felt low mm. in the in the previous month. Mm. That was what they found. So um, I'd be quite surprised if it doesn't help with with all those conditions mm. that those suffering from uh, depressive disorder have been shown to benefit more from physical exercise than other psychiatric groups or mm. other psychiatric conditions within major depressive disorder you could you you might say that dysthymia and trd would would fit into that bracket as well but this might just be because more studies have been done right on that condition right else. so you've got more again it's down to power to find a difference i do like the way that you apply balance to uh, uh, all the evidence that you mm. present very scientific 
Try to be. If I may say so. Try, yeah, well, try it, it, it to comes be. across. Try and, uh, to be. I'm sure it's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, nice one. I like I like that because it, it it's uh, it, it's it's science, not just opinion. And you have opinions as well. I like that. Very good. So um, mm. um another another uh, quick question. And you, well, um, do you think that there's a something which says? And I no, I, get, I think I know the answer actually. In in terms of prevention, um, uh, prof, prophylaxis, prophylactic, prophylaxis, prophylaxis, um, or um, just just doing it. <laughs> as a as a lifestyle choice yeah. to prevent you or to make yourself less susceptible we talked about susceptibility yeah. before um just to do it for that i mean we do it yeah. to keep your heart healthy mm. why not do it to keep your mind healthy it makes makes absolute 100 percent sense why the hell mm-hmm. i don't do it mm-hmm. oh i know i'm lazy there was a one study that i found which was the results of um, a cohort study that's when you've got a big group of people and you follow them over a long period of time i remember you start off when yep, they're quite young yeah so this is um the hunt cohort study in norway it's one of the biggest i think it might be the biggest ever because it's thirty-three thousand nine hundred eight wow. uh, uh, people who are now adults obviously and they were healthy to begin with and then they followed them up and they were able to look at what effect regular exercise, physical exercise had on their risk of getting depression and anxiety later in life because they'd followed them up. And they found that after adjusting for confounds, about 12% of future cases of depression could have been prevented if all participants had engaged in at least one hour of physical activity each week. Say that again so they properly understand it. Inevitably, a proportion of, of all adults are going to get depressed, but yeah. they, they, they determined that about 12% of those cases could have been prevented wow. if they'd done regular exercise wow. Okay, one hour a week, minute at least. One hour, one one hour, hour a week, week which yeah. is not that much. That yeah. is an incredible claim, but it, it's backed up by the fact that it well, was longitudinal. I think it's that's longitudinal. Right so and a big sample, right? It's a big sample. And they looked at whether intensity was important, and they found that any intensity provided pr- protection. So it's interesting. It's not as powerful as a randomized controlled trial, but it's still pretty yeah. interesting. Now, I love it. Uh, yeah. I love it. That, that sounds but, significant to me. Um, question. Uh, we've been talking about anxiety and depression because we've been talking about the way that um, ex- a, a, a decent amount of exercise, well-controlled, mm. raises mood. What about um, the other psychiatric disorders, the, the, the more um, psychotic disorders, schizophrenia, yeah. et cetera, paranoid schizophrenia, mm-hmm. um, borderline personality disorder, that kind of thing? Yeah. We've talked about their sort of hierarchy before, how mm. um, anxiety, depression, more psychotic illnesses. Right. Um, is, this, is this the case that m- maybe it can tackle the psychotic illness at source? Or is it one of those things that if depression is relieved in whatever way, including exercise, then yeah. maybe the things higher up the pyramid will be relieved? It would be more the case that it, it's things lower along the pyramid. So if you if you can treat depression, uh, you're likely to treat the comorbid anxiety as well. Got it. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't think there's any evidence that exercise improves uh, psychosis Right. Um, at this stage. There is some evidence as well about which people might do less well with exercise for depression. Nice. I was looking. Uh, people with higher baseline depressive symptoms scored. So... That sort of stands to reason the more severely depressed you are, the more difficult it is for you to motivate yourself to yeah, do Yeah, similar to the question I asked and, um, about w- w- where you would yeah. treat it, mild, resistant, and you're saying and at I the think mild it, end. You should think, all, well, no, I think you should use it for all depression. It's just for the more severely depressed, I think it's going to be more important for someone to do that exercise intervention with, with you, right? Got it. 
Yeah. Perfect. So you're and saying that exercise that could be effective in any kind of depressive yeah. disorder, but the way you administer it might have to be, self-starting might be harder. Might maybe be well, in, in bound to be harder. Of course it is. It stands to reason. Um, and if you're misusing alcohol, Mm-hmm. then that's obvi- that's going to be an obvious bar- barrier to it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently people who smoke heavily and people who don't have flexibility in their work schedule to, mm-hmm. to build in the exercise. Routine. I love this idea that you came up with earlier that the, uh, about modern life. Modern life is rubbish, according to an album by Blur. But um, modern life, not, not only being stressful, but also um, putting in patterns of lifestyle that disallows yeah. you from doing things that are going to yeah. make you feel better almost like a vicious yeah a vicious circle. but on the positive note um the dropout rate was only 18 percent in in the randomized controlled the dropout rate so the people with depression who were going through the trial f- for uh, exercise as a treatment okay only about 18 percent didn't finish the yeah, that trial. sounds okay that's quite low that's pretty good did the different types of depression mild or was it more well i don't know actually whether the more se- severely depressed dropped out right right uh, preferentially possible but you can't assume that it could be that the more depressed are going to see that much bigger improvement uh, we don't know very from, very good point because um, if you're yeah if you if you that's right so that re- relatively if you're in an abs if absolute hell and you come from hell to just to mild depression that's a hell of a win right question then hmm. everyone who does sport professional sportsmen they must never get depressed then uh well obviously that's not true <laughs> oh that would be a shame yeah. No. I, I don't um, think it was a hard, very because, much a tongue in cheek uh, question. It's, it's, it's helpful, but obviously it's not. Um, and as we know from that co- cohort study, exercise was going to prevent depression in a proportion, but mm. not in everybody. And, yeah. and, and you know, you have to take a look at each case because sports people often are operating, particularly men, in quite macho environments where they. Mm actually don't get any emotional support mm. you and they're in a high pressure environment to mm. succeed you could argue they're at higher risk mm. even though they're doing the exercise well so exactly a lot of confounds there. and they've got the other thing of course which is the rock and roll star who gets massive adulation and then right. the adulation stops and of course if you're a sports star you get to 30 35 40 unless you play darts in which case you get to sort of 70 whatever it is um that adulation you gotta do it you well. gotta do a lineker haven't you you gotta, you gotta, do gotta it. go oh, to uh, god that guy's talented you got to go into commentary. The other thing, actually, but cricketers have a higher preponderance yeah. for depression. Yeah. And um, they're incredibly fit these days, particularly yeah. uh, fast players. Oh, the old, they old days. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Lamb and Botham. <laughs> when I, well, I think Botham was pretty fit, but Alan but Lamb no, not both, so much. Botham liked a beer, man, didn't he? And famously. As well, yeah. Uh, David Boone um, famously uh. had 100 beers on the flight from Australia <laughs> to London. <laughs> and he still holds the record. And that's the record of the most pissed up Australian. So that is um, some record. Um, but yeah, the, some, but of them, some of the England, when they were English players, when they're fielding, was just embarrassing. Mike Gatting was a bit of a Gatting. <laughs> waddling a along. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Because it, it crashed at the boundary. Yeah, Phil Tufnell, I don't think exactly. Uh, ah, Tuffers. Anyway, point, my point being is, is it, it, it's irrelevant how, how fit you are. If yes. you're away from your family, you're under pressure in a five-day test match for right. you know, Good uh, point. that many hours. Mm. Um, being a batsman, being a top-order batsman, and uh, you're pressure. off form, Not incredible pressure. pressure. Every mm. delivery is pressure. And, yeah. and so there's a lot more to it. And, and you sport. get your teammates going, mate, you all right? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. But there, there have been there have been a few instances of people suffering depression. And uh, just Gothic was famously wrote a book about yeah, it. Yeah, and and good for him. Hmm. Uh, but Jeff Boycott was famously quoted against one batsman um, uh, uh, who was sent home because he was suffering depression. Right. And Jeff Boycott, not the most 
reconstructed. Uh, not, not, the most, not the most touchy feeling. No, because he said, depressed. The lad's depressed. Of course he's depressed with that batting average. <laughs> I know. Oh, dear. Jeff, come on, mate. You're not getting it. Really? Or rather, he did get it. He didn't care. Uh, made a good gag out of it. I think he didn't get it. I think, I I think, think he, he didn't understand. Didn't I think he was yeah. like looking at the stats and going, yeah, it's a depressing bloody average. Is that, lad? I mean, cricket is more colourful for having Jeff Boycott, but he's a bit of a knob sometimes. Uh, he is. and He may be on the spectrum. I, 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 I <laughs> truly think he's he made him what, such a great opener. He sometimes just doesn't get it, does he? No, well, he's a belligerent, focused, yeah. belligerent Yorkshireman. Brilliant, brilliant. And brilliant. as a Yorkshireman, yes. I can say that. Yeah. And he could keep out Jeff Thompson because... Uh, yeah, he would just grind it out. Grind it out. 15 before lunch. I think it might be time for one of your beautiful songs. Go on, oh. then. I Hold think on. Uh, this has been... A, this I've learned tons from you, Doctor, as I always do. But um, I think we've learned several things. I think we've learned that, um, as you would intuit, there is a lot to be said mm-hmm. for doing exercise to help mood disorders, especially anxiety and depression. There's yeah. evidence definitely that that is true and yeah. it treats all kinds of depression, but it's it's it takes maybe a little bit longer with the more severe types of depression. Ooh, ooh, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, we're not, we're not sure about that. The type of exercise doesn't really matter. Just do something. But there is a nice happy medium of maybe an hour, two or three times a week, which is kind of uh, optimal. At least three times a week. And I think for most people doing more than just walking, try and do some aerobic exercise. So aerobic meaning... Well, just um, something that gets up your your breathing rate and your heart rate. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I, yeah. even I knew what, yeah. what that that, yeah. that was. But you could combine that with yoga, and that's been shown to be helpful too. The more vigorous exercises, you're going to get all the benefits of those extra neurotrophins and neurotransmitters being released. Yeah, I think it, it it hardly matters what you do, and if you're depressed on the sofa, you will not feel worse having done exercise, right. and you'll almost certainly. Feel uh, better. Please get off that sofa. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I guess all it remains is that we wish everybody a Blue Monday. It's not as bad as all that. Uh, the yeah. uh, a happy Blue Monday. A happy Blue Monday. Have a happy Blue Monday. And the day's go getting longer, walk. guys. Go out for a walk. Yeah. Go out for a walk or a jog or go and play some footy. <laughs> oh, lovely. Or just a jog around the park or go to the gym and do it with someone. As usual, get in touch. To tell us your experiences. Maybe exercise has been something you've used to keep your anxiety or depression at bay. I know one guy who runs to work every morning because he's found that it's been good at reducing his anxiety and helping him sleep. Was he a farmer? No. Ah. No, works in the, works in London. Yeah, good for him. Mm. Um, what are our... Oh, we've got meads. We've got social meads, is it? Yeah, go to Facebook. We're on there. And uh, rate us on uh, whichever, wherever you get the podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, well, we'll see you... In season three, yeah, we'll be taking a little bit of a break, yeah, uh, but we'll come back with a new and pretty much <laughs> the same product, uh, but with some guests, <laughs> yeah, with hopefully. some guests to make it much, much better. Yeah. Well, thank you for sticking with us on season two. We've loved it, man. It's been yeah. great fun. Yeah, and see we'll you see you on the next one. All right, bye. <laughs>